Welcome to Psychology Radiocast, a service of the Pennsylvania Psychological Association. I'm your host, Dr. David Zrung. On today's episode, we talk with PPA staffers regarding PPA's response to the effects of the coronavirus upon how we serve the psychological needs of the public. Anne-Marie Frakes, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. It's my pleasure. Now, for our listeners who don't yet know you, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am relatively new to PPA. I just celebrated my two-year anniversary as um, as the executive director, and um, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I was a psychology major at Penn State, and um, had grand ideas of becoming a psychologist one day, and that didn't happen. I actually became a you know, an administrator, a fundraiser in the not-for-profit world. And I really wanted to come back to Pennsylvania and was lucky enough to be selected to be the executive director of PPA. So I'm happy to be here. We've been so happy to to have you with us. We really appreciate all the work that that you've done on on our behalf for the association and and for psychology uh, in Pennsylvania. Now, um, since you've been here, your workflow and your pace has been um, brisk, shall we say. Uh, You've been really hardworking and done a lot. But uh, with the coronavirus, uh, what are some things specifically to that that you and your team have been working on? I think um, one thing that I have to say, because you mentioned our brisk pace that we're working at, I think that the past two years and um, the staff getting used to my style of making things happen, and and I think that they all understand, you know, in the business world, a quarter is a long time, and we try now to get things accomplished much more quickly. Um, So I think when the coronavirus came to us, we were really poised to get things done quickly. And when I say get things done, I mean uh, provide our members with information and training and, um, you know, all kinds of resources to get their practices up and running virtually, really practicing telepsychology. And we're lucky enough here in Pennsylvania that we have um, some wonderful psychologists who are already experts in telepsychology, in addition to our staff who have the technical know-how, getting this information out to our members. Um, we have, you know, members like John Gavazzi, who knows a lot about telepsychology, who utilizes it in his practice. Okay, there are two or three areas that... Um, We're really focused on to provide information to our members. And one that I talked about previously was the practice of telepsychology or utilizing telepsychology in your practice. The second thing is legislation here in Pennsylvania um, related to COVID-19 that will change or alter the practice of psychology. So that's important for us. 
probably one of the biggest things that the governor did was um, open up temporary licenses for out-of-state people to come into Pennsylvania and practice or practice telepsychology with patients that are now in Pennsylvania. So that's that's an interesting thing. And then the third thing is anything federally um, related to telepsychology and reimbursement uh, for telepsychology via Medicare, Medicaid, those types of things. Um, and then as kind of a side of that, APA has provided many, many wonderful resources for us that um, we have the ability to then share with our PPA members. Not every PPA member is an APA member and not every APA member is a PPA member. So we're happy that we have access to those special resources right now and that we can openly share those with non-APA members. Now, Anne-Marie, you sent out uh, an email newsletter recently. And um, can you just uh, give a synopsis of the types of information that you included in that? Yeah, I I wanted everybody to know that our staff are all working from home. We are so lucky that PPA is in a financial situation, in a positive financial situation that allows us to continue to pay and employ all of our staff. So that is six of us total. Two of the six are part-time. And um, I'm, at, you know, the executive director, I'm so thrilled that we do not have to lay anyone off or furlough anyone at this time. So I wanted everybody to know that because I've been getting questions from some of our members mm. about, um, you know, our staff available and those kinds of things. And then I wanted to reiterate with everybody that, you know, given the times and and the stay-at-home order that we're under with the governor. PPA staff have other responsibilities at home, too, um, like homeschooling their children and daycare, taking care of younger children and, you know, taking care of animals and all kinds of things that might not be part of their normal every day. So I wanted our members to understand that, yes, we are available, but, you know, we're, we're people too. We have lots of other responsibilities and we need our members to understand that please don't have expectations that we will respond to your questions or needs um, automatically or immediately, but give us some time and will respond as quickly as we can. The other thing that I think is important for people to know that the psychologists are considered essential healthcare staff. Um, and I think that is excellent. So their businesses can go on and they can still see patients, you know, obviously through telepsychology, but PPA's operations are not considered essential. So we are not supposed to be at our office. We run in there every now and then every now and then to look at mail and to put checks together to make a deposit and those kinds of things. But because of our location, 
Um, we're upstairs from our um, local, the magistrate. Because we are above the magistrate's office and courtroom, there are a lot of state police hanging around. <laughs> and so they are they are very much interested in knowing what everybody's doing. Why are these people here? What are they doing? And I hear from our judge every now and then, you know, hey, the state police were asking why these people were in the office and those kinds of things. So, so it's really not a good idea for us to be in the office, but also above and beyond that, I want our staff to be safe. And I do not want them to be in a place where they might, you know, be in contact with somebody who has COVID-19. So, um, yeah, you want them so, to be healthy. Yeah. I want them to be healthy and not for us to have any issues with that. So, um, uh, and Marie, you, you mentioned a, yes. a couple of ways PPA is disseminating information. Uh, another one is uh, there's a special issue of the Pennsylvania psychologist that just came out. Yes. Comment on that. Yes, it is. I am so proud of this issue. It really um, was a labor of love. The staff, of course, everything we do, you know, is is teamwork based. We we do everything as a team. Pennsylvania psychologist takes everybody plus lots of volunteer and member input and um, activity. So. We had some, um, you know, some regular kind of articles, and then we had some other things. Um, there is a um, a piece where Aviva Gaskill is interviewed and talking about how um, she has integrated uh, telepsychology into her practice, and I think that that was very helpful for folks. Um, you know, we want the PA psychologist to be a resource for everyone. And I think that this is an issue that um, everyone will pull out quite frequently um, from now until the end of time, because, um, you know, some of these changes that have happened because of COVID are going to continue to, to move forward. Um, this is our, we're not, we haven't hit our new normal yet, but, um, I think that this issue really shows everybody that, yes, we can transition from the way it was to the way that it will be. We're adaptable. Yes. So, Anne-Marie, an, another means of disseminating information for PPA is through the website. Can you comment on uh, coronavirus-specific content on the website? Yes. So what has happened, you know, many... Um, members comment and say, oh, thanks for the messages. So we, we send out, anytime we get an update from the Commonwealth, APA, um, our own, you know, our own information, we send out an email to our members to say, hey, here's an update. And what we have done, every single one of those messages has some important piece of information in them. So we are actually um, making a place on our website for everything related to COVID-19 and those categories, um, Pennsylvania government related, APA, 
telepsychology, all of those things are listed there with a direct link to the, the original resource or, you know, some other, you know, or takes you to some other website. So it's in one place. And that is so important to our members. So if they get an email tomorrow or today, you know, about something that has changed at APA or something that has changed um, in Medicare reimbursement, I'll say. You'll get that original message, but it you don't have to save those messages. All you have to do then is go back to the website and it's right there for you. And what is our website? Our website is www.papsy.org. And you can get to the COVID-19 materials and information very easily by clicking on the big heart that is on the banner um, just for COVID-19 resources. Now, uh, in talking with uh, Judy, she mentioned that PPA also is available uh, via a number of social media uh, yes. sites. Uh, Facebook. What else, Anne-Marie? <laughs> LinkedIn. Yes. And Instagram. All right. And Twitter. Yes. So we utilize our social media much, I believe, in a much better way because our early career psychologists and our students are much more uh, in sync using, you know, uh, social media. So we've done a much, much better job of making sure that all these messages get out to our early career psychologists and graduate students via all those forms of social media. Now, we've talked about email a couple times, and there are a couple different venues for for email. One is, uh, I believe you call it the blast list, and then another is the listserv. Can you talk about those? So, and and that's interesting that you bring this up, but so we have our our listserv. So the listserv is a technology that actually started back in the late 80s, early 90s, and um, it becomes a really great way for a group of people to see conversations continue and back and forth, you know, com, you know, send out a question and you get responses from a variety of people and you'll see them in a list basically. So listserv. And um, so we have a group of members right now, our main listserv at PPA has about 750 people on it. And and remember, we have about 2,700 to 2,800 members at, at any given day, you know, and we'd really like to see that number grow to 3,000 or more. Um, so with 750 people on the, the our main listserv, that's that's really great. That's a great number. But then we have this other group of people who don't want to be a part of the listserv. You get a lot of messages. You get, you know, it's kind of, you know, some people are not, um, you know, they don't like to get those messages so frequently. And 
it becomes cumbersome to their day-to-day -day work. So the best thing for them is to get email messages from us. So we send out emails two different ways. We use a, 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 an email service called Constant Contact because Constant Contact um, does a much better job of uh, verifying email addresses and sending messages to you that are not that do not go into your junk file okay so we love we love using constant contact um, but our database and and the platform that we actually use to manage the association is called your membership and your membership is actually doing a little bit better job of helping us to um, make sure that our messages are seen by our members so we're trying to use a combination of constant contact and YM messages. So then, like I mentioned previously, you'll get those messages and then you don't necessarily have to keep all those messages. You can refer back to those documents on our web page. So, Anne-Marie, um, some of the things that we've been talking about have been uh, uh, accessible to for members. If a listener is not a PPA member, what message might you have for them? Well, I I really would love anyone who um, in any practicing psychologist in Pennsylvania to really consider becoming a member of PPA. Our introductory membership for anyone who has never been a member of PPA before is ninety nine dollars, and for that $99, you have access to all the staff. And when I say all the staff, I mean you're able to ask um, legal and ethical and practice-related questions to our two most popular staff members, Dr. Sam Knapp and, uh, and Rachel Baturin, JD. Um, and so... You know, we are really um, trying to limit uh, the access that we give to non-PPA members to Sam and Rachel because that really is a valuable resource. So if you need or want that kind of ethical consultation, legal consultation, etc., cetera, um, I, I really uh, suggest that you become a member of PPA. However... All of the COVID-19 information and resources will be available to everyone, not just PPA members. And the other thing that we are doing, whether you're a PPA member or not, we have some webinars and some continuing education opportunities that you can actually do or, or you know, participate in free with no CE. So um, for those of you that aren't members of PPA, try, try one of these free with no CE um, opportunities and really experience the quality of our continuing education uh, programs. And I think that will really help you to make a decision um, about how valuable PPA is um, to your practice and your 
career as a psychologist. Well, Anne-Marie, thank you so much for your time and all the work that uh, you and the PPA team have uh, put in on behalf of psychologists and and, uh, even the wider audience here that, that are listening. Well, thank you so much, David. It is our extreme pleasure and it is our, um, you know, it is it's really our job to serve our members and it is our pleasure to do so. Judy Huntley, welcome to the program. Thanks, David. Happy to be here. For our listeners who don't yet know you, please tell us who you are and what you do at PPA. Sure. I am the Director of Education and Marketing, and my role primarily revolves around continuing education. Uh, So that's live events like our spring and fall conferences and the convention, as well as um, working on our home studies and our webinar programs. I also am very involved in um, running PPA's social media and marketing campaigns. Judy, normally you're very busy putting together all of these projects that you've been talking about, the from education to marketing. I'm guessing in this pandemic, there's been a great deal of upheaval in your workflow. What are some of the things that you've been involved with regarding resources for PPA members uh, in the midst of uh, the coronavirus pandemic? Sure. I mean, as everyone has, my life working with PPA has been um, kind of upended and things have shifted. So for instance, right now, actually today would be the spring conference. So instead of focusing on all of the final details for that event, my past couple of weeks have really just been trying to get as much information out to our members as possible. And as you're aware, David, things have been changing on a daily basis. And so we want to make sure that we are getting the most recent, up-to-date information to our members as possible. So I've been sending out pretty much daily emails and have been updating the social media accounts on if not daily, multiple times a day with information that we're getting from the governor, from APA um, and other resources for our members just in staying safe and healthy while providing the care that their clients need, especially in this very new and trying times that we're kind of all going through. So hopefully anyone listening has seen the emails that we've been putting out that are giving the updates. A lot of them have been regarding telepsychology and the changes that the health insurers and the state and the federal government have been sending out regarding how our members can provide telehealth. But we also again, have been um, putting up information from the World Health Organization and the CDC about COVID-19. We are just trying to make PPA and our website a one-stop shop for that information. And again, when things are changing at the pace that they are, uh, making sure that those updates are out regularly so that uh, nobody's behind the times, if that's possible. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to put a plug in for this kind of work that you've been doing, it's been, as a PPA member, it's been wonderful to have a centralized conduit for uh, the information from all these separate sources that you've been mentioning from APA to uh, Pennsylvania State um, resources. 
Now, we're going to include this information in the show notes, but as a convenience for members uh, who are just listening, maybe in their car, can you let us know how both members and non-members can uh, connect with PPA? Absolutely. The best place to go to get information is our website, and that is www.papsy.org. On that front page, there are two ways to access the COVID-19 page. The first is a large banner at the top, and the second is um, just a box a little bit farther down. But once you're on that page, we try to have kind of a list of everything that you'll find up at the top. And then you just click on one of those links and it'll take you to... Uh, For instance, we have some telepsychology webinars that we're offering at no charge. Um, If you don't want CE, if you want CE, there's a minimal charge for members. Um, It is also available for non-members. But you can go to the COVID-19 page, click on telepsychology webinars, and they'll be right there. So you can access them. Those were done a couple of years ago by um, member John Gavazzi but they are still relevant in that they give you information. If you're just starting out in telepsychology, it will really give you a nice basis. And then we have recently done another webinar, again, also available at no charge if you're um, not looking for CE credit, that talks about changes in telepsychology right now during COVID-19. It really gives some nice updates, and that's uh, with John Gavazzi and uh, Sam Knapp. So those resources are right there. Um, another place that you can get information from PPA are all of our social media accounts. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So if you are on any of those social media platforms, you can search PPA. You can also find the information um, on our account names, on our emails, and in the show notes. Um, we try to make that as easy to find as possible. Um, Another place that you can go to get information from PPA is on our listserv. That's um, really easy to join, and it's a great member benefit if you're not already a part of it. It's a place where you can go to ask questions to your fellow psychologists, and they can respond to you. You can determine how often you want to get the emails, whether it's a weekly digest of all of the conversations that have been had, or if you want to get the emails regularly, but um, it it kind of is a one-stop shop if you have questions and you need answers from the psychological community. If you're interested in joining that, you can just email Iva, I-V-A at P-A-P-S-Y dot O-R-G, and she'll get you added to the listserv. And Judy, if folks would like to reach out to you directly, how might they do that? The easiest way right now is through email as um, PPA is following the governor's recommendations that we are non-essential. So we're all working from home. So my email address is Judy, J-U-D-Y at P-A-P-S-Y dot O-R-G. You can also call the PPA office. We are checking our emails or I'm sorry, our voicemails regularly. So you can leave a message for us there if you prefer um, talking to someone rather than sending an email. And that phone number is 717-232-3817. Judy, thank you so much for all the work that, that you're doing and the, the creativity uh, that you're putting into this. And um, I appreciate your time today. Uh, are there any other things that you'd like to share with listeners? 
We are just trying to do everything we can to make our members' lives as easy as possible. So keep an eye out for information from PPA. We're really hoping to offer a lot more webinars that will allow for us to update members on new things that are coming. It allows you to earn your CE credit, which is still something that needs to happen, um, even though... (laughs) life has been upended, but um, we obviously have some time before the license renewal cycle, which is um, November of 2021. But um, we're also hoping to provide a platform for members to talk to each other, to interact with other psychologists, even though we're all kind of in quarantine. So we can talk about the problems that COVID-19 is kind of causing in our own practices. Um, So, you know, just keep an eye out. Um, we'll hopefully continue to be sending emails and updates on social media and just interacting with you all in that way. Many good things on the way. I hope so. Well, Judy, thank you again for your your time. And um, I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing for BPA. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, David. Sam Knapp, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. For our listeners who do not yet know you, please tell us who you are and what you do at PPA. Well, I I work with um, uh, Rachel and Judy and the other staff people very closely. I take a lead on on articles for the Pennsylvania Psychologist Update, respond to member questions, and... uh, staff numerous committees, including colleague assistance and ethics committee and integrated care committee and practice research network. And also I assist Rachel doing background research for government advocacy. So wide variety of, uh, of duties there. Um, now what are some things that you've been working on particularly regarding the coronavirus? But the big push the last month has been to help psychologists transition into telehealth. And some psychologists had already done telehealth. And for them, it was just a matter of expanding what they already know how to do. But for other psychologists, it was learning telehealth from the very beginning, just a crash course between the very basics of what platform should I use? Uh, and then we have the issue of insurance reimbursement. And it's complicated by the fact that so many of the insurance companies have been changing their rules recently, which is a good thing because it makes telehealth more available. But it's difficult because it's always changing. We always have to be uh, modifying what we're saying, people. And it's, it's difficult because we might hear a rumor, oh, such and such an insurance company is doing this. Well, we're not going to publicize it until we know it's really true. So we have some documentation of it because we, we don't want to put out uh, false information. And then there's the issue of uh, interjurisdictional practice and psychologists having to uh, having patients across state lines. Some psychologists work with college students, for example. Well, the colleges have shut down. They've gone home to Ohio, New York, New Jersey, wherever. And can the psychologist see them? Well, you know, there's a uh, here again. We have many states altering their out of jurisdictional requirements 
not all, but many have, have been doing that. And so it, it takes effort to keep abreast of these things. So it's been a very busy month. Uh, things seem like they're settling down, but there's still many outstanding issues. Right now we're dealing with reimbursement for psychological assessments, which is very inconsistent across insurers. All the major insurers now cover telehealth for psychotherapy, but it's inconsistent regarding assessments. So that's one thing that we're working on right now. So there's a number of logistical uh, and administrative uh, challenges and dilemmas uh, that the coronavirus has presented to psychologists. As an ethicist, what are some of the ethical issues that uh, the pandemic has brought up that you've seen? Well, of course, we have the, the obvious ones, which is developing the competence to do telehealth, and that includes elements of informed consent and confidentiality and so on. But there's some other issues that have arisen well, uh, one of which, for example, has to do with the issue of how much should psychologists push their patients into social distancing and other public health safety matters. And this has come up where we have some patients who do not take social distancing seriously. And then we have the issue of how can psychologists justified in pushing these patients towards social distancing? Can they be effective in doing that? If they push too hard, will they lose the patients? And so on. And then we have the other, another issue of confidentiality with patients who have tested positive for coronavirus. And this is something which varies from state to state. The HIPAA privacy rule is very clear that all healthcare professionals can cooperate with public health uh, uh, authorities when it comes to disclosing information about infectious diseases. But Pennsylvania law does not permit that. And according to the preemption analysis within the privacy rule, when state and federal law conflict, the overriding law is one as more protective of patient privacy. And, but once again, that's Pennsylvania specific. In other states, laws are different. In California, for example, California law specifically permits psychologists and other healthcare professionals to reveal information about infectious diseases. So, so those are some of the ethical issues that have come up that we're dealing with. As an aside, uh, as a PPA member, I, I can say that PPA membership is always a bargain. During this time, it's just an exceptional bargain. PPA staff have just been uh, remarkable in the ways that you've been helping us members. And so uh, to the listeners who might not uh, be a member, uh, I'd like to put in a plug. As a PPA member, it's uh, well worth your dues. Thank you. Sam, you're also a psychologist, and so as a psychologist, what observations have you made about what psychologists and the public are going through right now psychologically, and what messages might you have for our listeners from a psychological perspective? Well, seldom has there been a demand for our services more than there is now. And whatever psychological problems our patients may have, 
there's this overlay of dread and fear created by COVID-19. There's certain segments of the population which are especially hit hard. And of course, everyone thinks of, rightfully so, physicians and nurses who are dealing with infected patients. Uh, and in some areas of the country, I, I haven't heard this in Pennsylvania, but in some areas of the country, there's uh, inadequate protective personal equipment. Um, but also we have other people, we have medical clerks, we have orderlies who are also exposed, and we have delivery people, people working on takeout and so on, who are also exposed as well. So there's a wide number of people who have a special reason to be worried. And after the immediate crisis dissipates, we're probably going to have some enhanced need for our services. And I'm not sure we have the mental health personnel to deal with everything that needs to be done. There's a healthcare, mental health care shortage of personnel in Pennsylvania to begin with. And it's certainly uh, it's going to be worse, I think, in the near future. And we have to think about the overall stress that we, we as psychologists are experiencing as well. I mean, it's been a very big deal moving towards telehealth for a lot of people. There's uh, also income challenges in that um, uh, some people are going to see a loss of income that's uh, substantial because of this. And it's been difficult for psychologists just the experience of being a psychologist, having to talk to patients hour after hour, where coronavirus is the most important thing on their mind. So it's a difficult time. And uh, we have to keep that in mind as we move forward. Yeah, there's challenges for assisting those whom we serve while also remaining uh, functional or ourselves. Very definitely. Well, Sam, really appreciate you joining the program today. Were there other thoughts that you might have? No, those are the essential things. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again for all the work that you do on behalf of uh, the PPA membership. Uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you, David. Rachel Baturin, welcome to Psychology Radiocast. Thank you, David. Glad to be here. For our new listeners, please tell us who you are and what you do at PPA. Sure. I'm the. My name is Rachel Baturin, and I'm the Director of Government, Legal, and Regulatory Affairs for the Pennsylvania Psychological Association. Uh, I provide ethical consultation to our members uh, regarding a variety of issues, um, including obviously ethics questions, legal questions, and insurance questions. Also, I'm responsible for PPA's state and federal advocacy efforts, um, and I also monitor the State Board of Psychology, and I go to all of their meetings. And lastly, I'm responsible for a bunch of PPA committees. So in the context of all those duties, what are some things that you've been working on regarding the coronavirus pandemic in particular? Um, sure. So one of the major things that I've been working on is um, telepsychology. And so I've been trying to 
follow all of the different changes in regards to practicing across state lines, doing telepsychology within the state, how insurers are responding to that. Uh, also, I've been reaching out to state agencies like the Department of Health, uh, the Office of Medical Assistance, also the State Board of Psychology itself regarding different changes that they've been making. The governor has making, been making a lot of changes through executive orders and this has affected the different agencies. So for example, the State Board of Psychology has changed the CE requirements for psychologists for this uh, renewal period. So now you can get all of your CE uh, through home study rather than having to obtain the 15 hours through face-to-face in-person meetings. So now all CE can be obtained via home study. Also, there's different um, requirements for if you wanted to go across state lines. So the board has become a lot more flexible in allowing people from other states to come practice into Pennsylvania. Um, So these changes are things that we're following on a daily basis. Uh, Also, I've been following updates from APA uh, regarding Medicare. So Medicare has allowed for telephone consultations. This is a big issue for a lot of our members because um, the people that are dealing with Medicare, Medicare patients, it's not very easy for them to use telemedicine over the internet. And so it'd be much easier if they would be able to do it over the telephone. So Medicare has provided a way for people to be reimbursed for little consults up to 20 minutes. However, therapy per se has not been approved yet for uh, uh, telemedicine over the telephone. And so APA is still trying to work to get that approved. From the perspective of being an attorney, what do you see as some particular challenges for psychologists and other mental health experts during this pandemic? Uh, One of the major things is really balancing the interests of promoting safety and still being able to provide quality uh, mental health services to your patients. Um, Again, this really requires people to become competent in a very short period of time um, to do telemedicine because, you know, a lot of people have switched to doing telemedicine. And so, you know, people have been calling and saying, how uh, do I get competent in this? You know, what should I do? What platform should I use? So it's really kind of getting people up to speed on how to provide telemedicine in the appropriate way. Uh, So it's really guiding them to our website so that they can see um, different things that the insurers have put out regarding telemedicine, also referring them to the APA guidelines on telemedicine, referring them to the State Board of Psychology, although State Board of Psychology really doesn't have too much in place for telemedicine. Uh, PPA has also put together some workshops on telemedicine and we'll be having some future upcoming workshops on telemedicine. Um, So it's really trying to get psychologists comfortable with moving to a new platform to deliver services to their clients. Um, Also a really big thing is understanding the different requirements for the different insurers because there's no consistency. Um, So most of the insurers in Pennsylvania are reimbursing for uh, telehealth, but still, um, you know, it's whether or not you have to collect co-pays and different things like that. And so a lot of the information is being posted on the PPA website under the COVID-19. So this requires us to reach out to the insurers and try to get the most up-to-date information about that. 
Um, other issues that come up are, you know, understanding confidentiality issues in terms of, you know, am I using a HIPAA compliant platform when providing teletherapy? Um, another thing that has been lifted is the state board had required you to use a HIPAA compliant platform in order to provide teletherapy, but now they are allowing you to use other platforms like Skype or FaceTime um, to provide those services if, if need be. Um, so things are changing at a rapid pace and it's really trying to stay ahead and, and in touch with everything that's going on. Um, another issue that has come up is supervision of students and whether or not that can be done through teletherapy or telehealth. Um, and so we have contacted the State Board of Psychology and the State Board of Psychology said that, you know, the two hours of face-to-face -face can actually be done um, over the internet so the supervisors don't have to meet in person with their supervisees um, in order to supervise them during this time. So, Rachel, one of the things that you do among all of those is to uh, respond to PPA member questions. Uh, can you give uh, some highlights of categories of questions that would be appropriate uh, for them to send your way? Sure. Again, it's any really ethical questions or um, insurance-related questions. Um, and so, I mean, it, it really varies. I mean, it comes from mandated reporting to how to do teletherapy, um, you know, HIPAA breaches, um, how to respond to a subpoena or a court order. So it's all over the place. And just general ethical questions that come up in therapy with clients. And what's the best way to reach out to you? The best way to reach me is at my email address, which is Rachel, it's R-A-C-H-A-E-L at P-A-P-S-Y dot org, or on my um, office phone, which is 717-510-6340. Wonderful. Well, Rachel Baturin, thank you again for joining the program. Uh, is there anything else uh, that would be good to add? I think that's it. that's it. I mean, I'm always available for PPA members to reach out. So if you have a question about any of this information, please feel free to reach out to me either by emailing or calling me. Well, and thank you for your availability and your hard work during this <laughs> disruptive time. We as members really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, David. Thanks, Rachel. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Psychology Radiocast, a service of the Pennsylvania Psychological Association. We'd love to hear ideas from you about important or fascinating topics that we might cover. Email us at ppa at papsy.org. You can also find us at papsy.org. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you found us. iTunes reviews seem to have the most influence on making it easier for potential listeners to find us. Our project manager and audio editor is Amelia Herbst. Logo and artwork designed by Camille St. James. Music orchestrated by Raquel Emder and Ross Mann. Special thanks to PPA staffer Judy Huntley and PPA members Jessica Black, Bernard Seif, Kim Wesley, Lee Burnett, Cassandra Parrish, Lavanya Devdas, Nancy Raymore, and Molly Cowan for helping to make this podcast possible. As always, the views of our guests may not necessarily reflect those of PPA as an association. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. David Zarung.